Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us on the show today, our guest is Mr. Carlos Cody of Elite Speed and Sports Training, coming to you from Hazlitt, Texas. Carlos, what's going on, man? How are you today? Nothing much, man. Excited to be here. Excited to enjoy this Texas weather. Enjoying this Texas weather. Rub it in. I'm in. I'm in New York, so a little bit different weather here. Um, But anyway, Carlos, uh, elite speed and and sports training is the reason that we're here today. For context, before we dive into the business side of of what you do day to day to grow this thing, give us a little bit of a description. What is this gym? What is this business? In your words, it's exactly what it is: elite speed and sports training. Like. We focus on speed and and sports training. Like we want to develop an athlete. So we don't just say, bring me football players or I'm just a quarterback coach or I'm just a pitching coach. We don't just say that. We get the athlete prepared to go do the sport that they desire to do. So that's where the sports training and we with overall sports, you can't have, have an elite athlete if they don't have it. That's fair. Now, take me back a little bit, Carlos, to not necessarily the, the day that we opened up the doors. Take me back to the day that the idea popped into your head. I'm going to open up my own gym. What was going on for you and, and how did we get here? What inspired all of this? Uh, well, it started, my daughter was in seventh grade when this started. So that would have been 2014. So I just started training her for sports, she wanted to be a track athlete. So she said that she went and tried out at school and they were like, you made the team. And she was like, I'm running hurdles. And I was like, really? And she was like, yeah, I'm running hurdles. And I was like, when is your first track meet? She was like, Tuesday. And it was like Saturday. <laughs> like, have you ran hurdles yet? Have you ran over? No, they just told us to jump over this box and I jumped over it the best. So they, I said, do you realize you got to jump over 10 hurdles, right? And she was like, oh, I said, yeah, hurdles is t- 10 you got to keep running and jumping over and over and over and that's where it started I started training my daughter she ended up being the uh meet a champion she ended up being a champion in hurdles and actually hurdled all the way through her high school career had a couple of offers to go to college as well and by the time from seventh grade to her junior year of high school I had at that point picked up 32 more athletes 32 okay. more kids so we're training at, at a high school, and it, most of the kids were from that high school. The coaches allowed me to have a key to get in and out of the, of the, the, the stadium so where I could use the track. And next thing you know, that team turned into a state champion team. And from there, it went from 32 to 60. And at that point, I was like, hey, this is too much. And yeah. then trying to get a gym to train them properly, because I was trying to get them to – go to different gyms and then they set up programs and they wouldn't do it. They, they refused to work with the high school athletes. Or if they did, they wanted to charge them $550 a month to come in and train two days a week. So I was like, huh. so I told the parents, here's what we can do. I implemented a monthly fee. Cause I did, this was free. I was doing this for free for four and a half years, almost five. Wow. So I was just okay. doing it to help out the kids. Cause that I truly love the area I'm in and I got tired of watching these kids get their heads busted every time we went to Dallas. So 
told the parents, hey, 125 a month, and, and I'll cover you. We're gonna practice four days a week, but I'm gonna I'm gonna have something set up for us by 2020. And this was in March of 2019. So I saved every dime those parents gave me from there all the way up until December of 2019 was when I found the location that I was going to move into, worked out the deal, and that was it. After that, we opened March of 2020. Yeah, and so didn't quite anticipate being a gym owner. We, we somewhat just got here by necessity and, and yes. demand. Over yes. the years, but and we, I think that's why I'm into working. being a gym owner one way or another. And I think honestly, I think that's why it has worked out for me because it wasn't forced. You know, yeah. I didn't force it. There wasn't there happen. wasn't a, a hefty financial demand. We just took it as in stride, right? Yep, took it all in stride. It was scary. It was scary. Yeah, yeah. Well, we talked because you got to realize we opened we opened our doors. Grand opening was March eighth. 2020, we were shut down March 27, 2020. Yeah. And, and there's, a, there's a COVID element to this, but yes. uh, it's it's interesting because I want to I want to highlight a couple of things along the way here. We talk about you you describe this as we went from training my daughter to 32 to 60 to even greater numbers than that, and it sounds on the surface at least like oh my god carlos is a, a marketing genius but you mentioned i did this for free for four and a half years <laughs> we built the foundation of this for a long time before it ever came time to to ask for any money at all right and so the reputation is there a lot of this i would imagine a lot of this stemmed through referrals and word of mouth and just word being of mouth. Publicly everything notable. everything have you, have you spent any kind of money on marketing along the way Outside of stuff on Facebook, a Facebook ad here and there, I, I haven't done any radio, no TV, no billboards. Yeah. Um, it was what was the what were the Facebook ads that you ran? Was that what was the just a small like it'll be an event that we were doing? Like, hey, we're having this, and then you just post a flyer and promote the flyer, and that was it. So it was nothing on a, on a high end marketing level. You know what I'm saying? So it was more of these kids from Saginaw, Hazlitt, Justin, all these kids from this area started winning races and they started getting full ride scholarships and they started going to state. They started going to nationals. And then all the teams that used to beat them was like, hey, what are you doing? Oh, I'm training over here with so-and-so and so-and-so. And then that's all, that's how it happens. You start winning on the track because it started as just, as just track and field. That's how it started, just track and field on and you start winning on the track and then athletes at great good athletes want to train with good athletes train. That's what it comes down. Yeah. Now is is there a time, do you think that there will be a time in the elite speed and sports training venture that you will focus more on the marketing side of things? Or do you do you think that we don't we don't have a need for it? To expand. To expand. To the level that I want to explain to you, it would have to take a full marketing. It would have to take some guarantees. It would have to take someone to say, hey, this is what I can do and prove to me that you can do it. You know, the funny thing is, is I went to college to become a marketing major. Like I wanted to be in radio broadcasting and marketing when I yeah. went to college and I didn't finish. So, but I was a comedian for 
15 years, toured the country. I promoted mm-hmm. myself for years to the point where I had my own comedy club. I toured with Steve Harvey, toured with, with Cat Williams, Michael Blackson, Ricky Smiley, you name it. I toured with, and that was all self-promotions. So I knew what, if I put into this, what I put into that for myself, it was going to happen. It, it will, it will be successful. It has to be yeah. a marketing. How do you, by- you think, do you think, will it be, will it be more Facebook marketing or do you think that what, where would you put your dollars at that point? We'll see where the, where the game is lying at. It's, it's where you can reach. Cause I don't want to reach the kids. You want to reach parents. Right. You, you can, I can find kids through Twitter, but the parents are the ones that are paying their monthly bills. You know what I'm saying? So you got to put yourself in a market where you can reach parents and not just kids. Kids help you on Twitter. Kids market for you on Twitter. I mean, I probably have pulled in over the last year, 60, 70 athletes just off Twitter from my athletes posting me on Twitter or tagging me. And then this athlete from this school is like, oh, what does this guy do? Oh, he's a speed trainer. So then they start seeing, oh, and that's how it happens. It's it's unbelievable how fast these young kids can make something happen. Yeah. Just from a, just from a tweet. Yeah. Now you mentioned what the business could be in your mind and, and where we would like to go with this. Paint that picture for me, Carlos. Tell me a little bit about how things would evolve for you. If we do pull the trigger on that, what would the business look like? How would how would things be different? How would things stay the same? They're going to stay the same. Just go to the bigger space. As far as the way we function and run, we will we'll expand, bring in more trainers, but we're very selective on the people we bring in. I'm very selective on who I let train my kids. I've had several people in different parts of Texas flying from Austin to train. And we're three and a half, four hours away from Austin. And the guy came in and trained. I trained two of his and very elite soccer players. And the next thing you know, he was like, hey, can we franchise this down in Austin? I was like, no, I don't plan on going to Austin. I've had people asking a franchise in Frisco. No, I'm not going to be in Frisco. You know, you have to be, I have to be able to put my hands on it to make sure I'm not, I built this reputation off the pain. So, if I can't put my name and stand behind my product, then at the end of the day, I can't just say, oh, pay me $500,000 and set a building in the middle of downtown Austin and train athletes any way you want to. I can't, I can't do it. So, yeah, the so. franchise route is, is relevant for some, but based on the, the personality of the business that you've created, it doesn't quite make sense for you. And I, I think, we have to keep in mind with any kind of move like that. Could you do it? Sure, probably. Mm-hmm. What what comes with that, right? What kind of time investment? What kind of mental stress? What kind of focus do I need to have? Suddenly you have 80 hours a week of tasks to worry about on top of everything else going on in your life. Is that trade-off right. worth it? Maybe, probably not. Uh, and so with that, Carlos, because this is purely sports performance let me ask you this as a a kind of devil's advocate question i've talked to so many sports performance gyms that do well training athletes but find the seasonality and find the the demographic being difficult to 
generate the kind of funding that they want to make or the kind of revenue that they want to make. Has there ever been a thought in your mind of expanding into some sort of general population element of this? No. That's a lot more liability. And then I would have to be there more. Someone would have to be there. I would want to be like a, you know, they got these gyms now around here that they just pop up in these little 3,000 square foot things. You just go scan your card and won't go in there and work out. You know, I, my gym is so unique. We have our own recovery center. Like I got too much stuff in there to allow people to be in there when someone's not there. So uh, there's a lot of elements that go to allowing the general population just sign up for a monthly membership and come train. You know, yeah, I can get $30 a month and hopefully these kids, these people they eventually forget about it and you get paid that 10, 15 of those for a year. Yeah. And then after that, but you know. I don't even mean from like a membership standpoint, but almost emulating what you currently do with your performance athletes just for the adult that still wants to look and feel like they're training like an athlete. We've had, yeah, no, I, I have had... This is a funny story. This guy, this guy drove from Lake Charles, Louisiana to meet one of my trainers because he said he was going to try out for a semi-pro football team. Guy pulls up. He's 55 years old. And she trained him. She worked him out. And he drove back. And I was just like, there's something for somebody. You know what I'm saying? There's something for everybody. So we won't just turn it down, but I can't have a 55-year-old grown man training with some 12 year olds. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's not quite what I mean, you know, but I think like the, the examples that I think of, the the Cressy sports performance, the the boil strength and conditioning, those types of facilities, do they have their their MLB guys, their NHL guys, their NFL guys, these top caliber colleges, whatever it may be. Yeah, of course. But then they have these either, whether former athletes or whatever it is, people training in the same sort of programming, but they still want to to become part of this and and keep that athletic atmosphere. I, I ask because there's, I mean, there's, there's always an option and, who yeah, if there's a the market for it, world. but it's a market that I'm not looking for. Right, right. Right now, if there's and a market so, for it, I'll, yeah, that's what I'm saying. If there's, yeah. there's, there's certainly people that would do it. Yeah, go ahead, please. Oh, no, what I was saying, if there's a market out there for it, yes, you want to tap in, but but I'm not, I wouldn't do that just to try to make money. If I can't make a difference in that person's life, I'm not going to do it. Like, there has to be an end goal for me, for the athlete. So if you say, I'm fixing to try to get back in the game, okay, let's get you back in the game. It's like I had a kid, it was 2000, right when I opened, I just torn it at ACL and was pretty good running back. He was out of school. He was removed from school for a year at this point in 2020. He graduated 2019. So at this point, he fully recovered from the, but he hadn't done anything. He hadn't done anything sports related in a year. So I was like, what's your goal? Because he would come in and just train, you know? Like, what are you, what's your goal? Because I can't just keep letting you come up here working out. He said, well, my dream is to go to Texas Tech and play football. I want to walk on. We put that guy for the last two years, we put him through a very rigorous, I wanted to see how bad he really wanted. Because he's, 
a year removed from high school. It's very rare that he can go back and make a difference. Well, he'll be a running back at Texas Tech. Which he made the team this past spring and played on the team this this fall, and he'll get a shot at the starting running back position this year. So I have a spot for stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? And those ones so, stand out in your mind. That makes it all worth it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And he he actually did it with a set a school record in his 40-yard dash. He went 4-3-1. That's a quick, quick kid. Okay. And so, Carlos, as you, <laughs> as you zoom out on this, we've been doing this for, for eight-some years now. What's what's the future hold? You mentioned a bigger facility. You mentioned doing the same stuff that we're doing just on a grander scale. What's the end game here? Do you think there comes a time where we focus on this full time and, and leave the other gig? Do you think there comes a time where yeah. we sell the business? What's what's the longer vision here? Well, if if I if I can expand if, to move into the new to move into a 25,000 square foot building, I would have to be there full time. There's no way I can do both. There's no way you can maintain working four hours a day or five and a half hours a day at the gym and maintain what you have to produce. You know what I'm saying? You can't, there's no way you can do it. So with me, the end goal would be, yes, to do that full time and not have to worry about clocking in at 7.30 a.m. in the morning, you know what I'm saying? And then leave and work at 3.30 just to go clock back in at 4. <laughs> so that is the ultimate goal. How long it yeah. takes to get there, I'm patient. I've been patient my whole life. So it's nothing that I've never wanted to rush to grow because I'm a firm believer. I'm a firm believer as a comedian. Being a comedian taught me the, as much patience that you would ever, that you can use for anything in life. It's like I tell people all the time, you see these internet comedians now, they get popular off a 10-second clip, and it goes viral, 30, 40, 50 million views, and then they get booked all across the country. And then they go and show up at a comedy club, and they only got, you got to perform for 45 minutes, and you only got 10 minutes of material. Guess what? You ain't going back to that club. Hmm. That was your one shot. So I don't want to be that kid, that, that gym owner that, blows up, makes millions of dollars, but I'm giving out crappy work. So these people are going to come in and train and then they're never going to come back. You see what I'm saying? It's the, I call it the Dane Cook effect. You know, <laughs> that's what I call it. The Dane Cook effect. Oh, you know, he, he promoted himself on MySpace. Yeah, I mean, he's promoted himself on MySpace, blew up, was the first person with a million followers and all of that. And got movies and all this stuff. And he was not ready for that stage. He didn't have the material for it. So I just want to be prepared. That's why if it happens for me and I slowly grow, I'm happy. Yep. And if something else falls into place to where it's like, this can help catapult you and take two years off a of process. And I'm listening. You see yep. what I'm saying? So as long as it makes sense for me, I'm all ears for a lot of different That's things. That's the fun part of being a business owner, right? You get to make the rules. Nobody, at, at the end of the day, this is this is your venture and you get to do what you will with it. Carlos, that's a really great place for us to start to wrap up. But in the short bit of time we have left, why don't you tell our listeners where they could learn more about this? What's the best website? What's the best social media? Uh, our website is at, oh shoot, what is my website? Hold on. Threw a curveball at you here. Well, you, you really did because I, I don't really log on to it. Elite. 
Okay. It's EliteSpeedSports.com. EliteSpeedSports.com. Or you can go on our you can go on our social medias. Um, our all our stuff is linked. It's Elite Speed and Sports on, or actually it's ESST on Facebook. Just ESST, and then you can put, or you can put in Elite Speed Sports Training. It'll lead you to our website. All of our stuff is linked across panels. Um, Twitter, my personal Twitter is three C Speed, and that's the number three C and then Speed, and then on my Instagram is CCC Speed. Which is still receives. There you so, go. Uh, Connect and with Carlos like and the team on all of those platforms to learn a little bit more. Carlos, this has been awesome, man. I, I really appreciate um, you willingness to to share with us and, and talk about how you run this thing. We'll have to we'll have to check in again down the line and see where this all goes and see if that thirty thousand square foot facility comes to fruition. And so. Speak it into existence. Speak it into existence. That's all the time we have, but I appreciate it, and and I wish you nothing but the best. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me on with you. Absolutely. And to everyone who tuned in, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Don't forget, let's go TCU. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Launch Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Emily Newton, and joining us on the show is Peter from Iron Skull Gym. Out of the UK. What's going on, Peter? How are we doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for asking. So we're really excited to have you on the show today. But before we dive into the nitty gritty of what you have going on at Iron Skull Gym, tell us a little bit about how you describe your business to people and what made you want to start your gym in the first place. Okay, so um, what made me start to, to the business in the first place was basically um, like that, right? I was already teaching uh, <clears throat> Krav Maga self-defense system in, in one of the uh, small town and outskirts of, of Glasgow. It's called Cumbernauld. That was uh, kind of my hobby on top of my full-time job. And obviously we then hit the pandemic. Uh, <clears throat> every, everyone get, goes to lockdown and, and stuff like that. Um, the early stages of the of the easing of the lockdowns that we basically couldn't find any venue to, to train in, and whoever owned their own gym, they could uh, they, they was able to 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 train in already. And uh, as I was renting a, a, a venue in in the big uh, community center, they were basically locked down for a, for almost two years, so we couldn't get back to to training there. So I decided to open my own uh, uh, venue. And this is basically how it started. And then I also did some kind of research uh, 
and I figured out that no one is in Glasgow um, doing like a 100% kettlebell-based uh, training. So, um, and obviously there is that big organization called Strong First. They are not present here at all. And um, I, I, I get it from there, obviously. Get the certified with Strong First, open the gym, and start kettlebell classes on top of um, Krav Maga classes. And this is how basically we started. Yeah. So did you already have a background in business before you decided, decided to start your gym? Yeah, so I was, uh, I was basically self-employed for about eight years. Okay. Uh, but that was in a totally different. Um, I, I'm, I'm involved in IT, actually, so it's nothing fitness related. Um, so, mm -hmm. to be honest, when I started, when I opened the gym, uh, I thought I know a little bit about business, but I was very quickly um, uh, realized that I do not know about fitness industry. <laughs> A lot. So that was a very, very big learning curve for me. So how did you like? How did you get over that hump? Sorry. How did you get over that hump? Uh, a lot of lots of research, uh, and um, everything was in a, a, on a you know trial, trial, try and try and um, try something. This doesn't work. This doesn't work. I did get involved at the very beginning with uh, a fitness marketing agency that is based here in UK. Mm -hmm. uh, I did go through, they, they basically they kind of helped me out uh, how to work uh, with Facebook advertisement and a little bit on the, on the kind of what this mean a lead generation and going after those leads and doing that and and basically i that what i learned from from that agency and obviously that, that that's something good uh but at the moment i'm not working with them anymore mm -hmm. um i kind of refigure out everything by myself and um i'm not i, I have my own system now that is in place for lead generations and how to how to chase those 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 customers the one thing i do not do i do not call people uh so even if the lead is landed i do not pick up the phone and call them anymore because that was the that was the, one of the realization that if i have to spend my my day uh calling leads and felt, I felt basically like a telemarketer, and this, this is like this is not the, the job I want to do for the rest of my life. So either I'm gonna figure out something to do about that, and I don't have to do those calls, and I'm still gonna manage to get new clients in, or I'm not gonna basically uh, chase that dream anymore as a gym owner, if you know what I mean. Yeah, because no. so. Tell us a little bit about your systems for lead generation and marketing. Like what's been working for you? Um, mostly at the moment, uh, almost uh, like 90% leads are coming from Facebook and uh, paid advertisement on Facebook. That is the, that is the main, uh, main source uh, of leads. Uh, basically what's happening is just um, um, 
when the leader landed in the in, in the system, there's like a, a I've got like a very smart automotion setup for what's going to happen with with this information. There's a bunch of emails that will be sent to you along with the WhatsApp automations and, and stuff like that. And 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 that seems to be working uh, very well. So next question for you is like, I talk to a lot of gym owners who are kind of hesitant about investing into paid advertisement on mm-hmm. Facebook and like running campaigns. Um, talk to our listeners a little bit about why do you think that is the best way to do marketing is through paid advertising let me ask you that first well i'm saying is is the best uh <clears throat> my my second focus now will be this year special special especially uh will be to get uh, uh optimized a bit better for organic search on google uh that's for sure uh but in terms of uh Basically, what the, what I'm doing here uh, uh, at the moment is this, right? I have three three uh, um, things that I'm kind of trying to uh, sell uh, on 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 uh, on Facebook. Once when I'm running a campaign for kids, I'm not running a campaign for uh, for adults, right? So this is always on on and off, on and off. So. And usually what I'm doing here is just, I have five pounds, um, five pounds uh, budget daily. And I can see that, you know, um, the, the campaigns are running and I have new kids coming in, few signups, then two, three weeks. And I can see that that ad is uh, wearing off, right? It doesn't generate any more leads. So then I decide, then, then is a trigger to, okay, this need to stop. And then I replace that with adults, for example. Mm-hmm. So then I start getting some, uh, some adults through the door for the trials. Uh, some of them signing up. And again, you need to watch carefully what's happening when the, when the ad is uh, wearing off and stop generating leads. Uh, you just need to pause it and replace with something else. So the idea is to just to have through the year, couple promotions that you can run, right? If it's just a free trial of next month will be a half price trial or uh, another month I will have uh, five or three uh, uh, week intro course to Krav Maga or something like that. Just need to be constantly versatile. So mm-hmm. your adverts, uh, are looking like slightly different every two to three months. Okay. Uh, and that, that's, that seems to be working. So obviously the investment of five pounds, uh, I, um, five pounds uh, a day, uh, it's give us what, it's give us in, on the average 150 pounds a month. It's not big. Uh, expense if you actually calculate the value of the customer and everything so um yeah I, I, it, it's work it, it's working for me like that setup at the moment so uh hopefully that will that will continue work so that's good to hear 
So do you know, like on average, like how many leads are you getting through the paid advertisement? Uh, yes. So on average, there is, uh, there is like about 30, uh, 30 to 40 leads, right? Um, and from that, I will have like about without actually calling those leads because if I, I know if I will pick up a phone, I will convert more of those leads into a trial, mm -hmm. right? But I said to, at the beginning that I do not want to uh, be that person and pick up the phone and call people. Uh, so uh, let's say about, I will say like 40 to 50% of those leads are, are converted into a trial. Mm -hmm. um, and then out of that, people that book the trial, uh, another slash another slash to another half, they will actually show up in the gym. And whoever is showing up in the gym is almost uh, almost 90% conversion. Okay, that's not a <laughs> that's not a bad sales uh, closing percentage at all. Exactly. Um, Okay, so like you're getting 30, is this 30 to 40 leads per month or per week? Uh, month, month. Per month, okay. So, so it's like, even though you're getting like 30 to 40 people that are interested, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to show up to the gym. No. So there's like still a process for that. Yeah, and I, I found that especially, especially running a free trials, the moment I'm start start offering something for free, um, people are booking and they they don't even bother to show up hmm. uh, because it's free, right? So the moment that the, the there are moments like for example this January we offering the free trial, right? But right after right after from February the trial will be go back will go back to to a uh, twenty pounds. For, for your trial class. And, you know, I found that because we start trying to charge uh, for a trial at the beginning, I'm getting less interest. But what's happening, uh, that every, every, single, every single person that booked for the trial, that paid for it, they almost 100% will turn up. And uh, that means this is someone has already put some thoughts into trying the Krav, Krav Maga. It's not just like, oh, it's free, so I'm going to give it a go, and maybe it's for me, maybe not. They already kind of almost uh, almost, almost decided that they, this is what they want to do. And they come, come, they train with us for a first session, for a trial, and obviously almost every session with us is just like giving you a, a positive vibe. The people are very welcoming and friendly. There is obviously no ego uh, uh, place in our gym. Uh, you have to leave your ego behind the, behind the door if you, if you come to train with us. And that way it's fit for everyone. So almost everyone is just like, okay, yeah, this is what they want to do for, 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 for longer now. Yeah, absolutely. So let me ask you, let's talk a little bit about like client retention. Is mm -hmm. that something that you feel like you have like on lock? Like you have a good sales closing rate. Um, would you say that you're also pretty good at like keeping your clients long-term? 
hopefully yes <laughs> i can I, uh, so what, what the client's retention basically is this right we have we we also are part of a um, Krav Maga Global, which is an international organization for Krav Maga. Uh, and that gives us a, a grading system. So we are able to, uh, you know, uh, put our clients through, for our students, I don't like this kind of uh, word clients. We put our students through a, uh, through a grading system. So we train according to curriculum, and it's like like karate or any other kind of martial arts. They have belts. They can you can just uh, grade your your uh, your students. We have exactly the same thing. We can we we do that, and the grading is uh, uh, every six months, so that give you the target to train for something. Uh, obviously, the self defense Krav Maga is something you train and you wish you're never gonna use. So that's why the having a grading system is very important. And for, for the student retention, that is uh, that is also very important. Uh, organizing organizing an event outside the gym. Uh, like I said, treating everybody. We want to be a, a community of, of people. So uh, organizing free workshops uh, and a kind of additional training sessions on, on, on the weekend. Uh, from time to time when, when we can cover something that we usually don't um, on, the, on the general classes. And um, <clears throat> organizing ourselves and, into like uh, uh, going out uh, from time to time. Uh, like, you know, it's, it's not just, you know, our lives not, not necessarily need to be orientated around the gym all the time, right? Sometimes we can go out for a dinner or, or, yeah. or stuff like that and, and socialize uh, with each other so that is that that is my kind of po points for retention gotcha thank you so much for sharing that um anything that is all now your I did not hear that question. I couldn't hear you. Can at you all. hear me now? Yes. What are some of the challenges that you guys business right now? The challenges for the business. Yes. Okay, I will say now. Obviously, um, the biggest challenge for for this year will be. Um, to 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 get the uh, stabilize the revenue. So you know we we are we, we could be ready for another downhill of the summer because obviously summer will be will be again very very not not busy period and all that stuff. So so that was kind of the biggest challenge for me and and that my desire is just to do the like the business will be more stable than than the first year mm -hmm. okay so stabilizing you mean like what is your like definition you kind of explained it but could you go into a little bit more detail about like what do you mean by like stabilizing so <clears throat> stabilizing is this right basically the one of one of the one of the things is obviously it's a end of the day 
it's a business and the bills need to be paid right we need to pay for the venue we we, yeah. we pay we need to pay for the electricity and everything um mm -hmm. meaning um, what i what i during the first year of the business i i have to put uh, a lot of a lot of money in right so if i don't if i won't have to do that this year and the, and the business can actually uh, uh you know um run on its own that that will be the that will be the the the, the first milestone and then obviously maybe in the year two or three start generating uh, a, a, a proper income for everyone Hello. Sorry about that. No, it's fine. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? It's breaking up a lot. Second. Hold on one second, okay. <clears throat> Maybe I'm gonna cut off the video as well. Can you hear me, Peter? Yes, I can hear you now. Is that a lot better? Uh, sounds like it's better, yes. Okay. So, what we are going to do is, what was the, did you, I guess, did I just kind of mid-sentence while you were talking? I, I think we were talking about challenges. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So what I'm going to do is just going to start from, I'm going to ask you one more question, and then I'm going to go into the outro. Okay. Okay. Give me one second. All right, Peter. So this is a pretty good place for us to wrap things up on this episode. But before we sign out, please tell our listeners <coughs> where they can find you where they can find me yeah social media website um so uh you can basically everyone can find us uh on on the website uh we have uh www.ironskullgym.uk mm -hmm. uh we also on facebook uh we are not on instagram uh unfortunately uh, i don't see i don't see a point really uh using instagram as a as a drive of the customers to the gym. 
So we're only using our, uh, Facebook. You can find us on Facebook as well. Just uh, look for Island School Gym. Um, All right, Peter. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. This is obviously, uh, and obviously, if you live in Glasgow, you can you can come and see us. Uh, we are at the Pentagon Center, uh, just across uh, Marriott Hotel in in Glasgow City Center. So. All righty, Peter. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast. And we're also looking forward to seeing what you are going to be able to accomplish down the road. So to everybody who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Hannah, and joining us on the show is Sandra and Sean, owners of Banger Built and general manager Carlos. Welcome to the show, guys. How are you today? Good. Good. How are you? Awesome. Super excited to have all three of you on today. This will be a really fun conversation to have so many opinions and and, uh, different perspectives. So before we jump into the business, um, first, tell me about what made you all want to start the gym in the first place. So, uh, me and Sandra, uh, were training at a gym that we were at before this and we just didn't like the direction that it was going. We had our own ideas on, you know, how it should be doing, how it should be going, how we should be accepting clientele, how we should be treating them, how we should be training them. And so one day we just, you know, brainstormed, figured out that, you know, we could do a better job at this and treat our clientele the way they should be treated. And, you know, within a couple of days, we put a business plan together and within two 10, well, two, two weeks to be exact. Two weeks. Yeah. It took us to, you know, open up a gym, get the loan, get everything going and driving up and down California for all the equipment. At that time, the equipment wasn't that bad. So we didn't have to search <laughs> too hard. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's like you want a piece of equipment and it's like probably like, triple the amount that it would have cost then especially after the pandemic like the home equipment went crazy expensive but um so now you know seven years later how do you describe banger built so someone who's never been into the gym before um kind of give us the elevator pitch on how you describe it i would say a very close niche privately or private uh gym that you know once you walk in here 
you see that everyone is nice. They talk to you. They say good morning. You know, mm -hmm. have a good night. You know, this and that. Everyone is very close niche, and we all actually become a family. Um, Big gym family. Yeah. Um, there's times when we have like you know little get-togethers or parties at our house, and you'll look around and it's friends and clientele or clientele that became friends. You know, we hang out with a lot of our clientele outside the gym as well too. So it just I don't know. It just fit, you know, there's no drama free center that, you know, everyone is coming, coming here for one purpose and it really helps for everyone just to get along. Yeah. Yeah. We also provide a safe environment. Uh, a lot of people are scared to go to a big gym. So because we are a small gym, we are a private gym. So we understand that clients who are a little bit intimidated to work around, to work out if they've never done it. And so we do help them with form and everything like that. So I think that's why they trust us as well. Yeah, I think that's a big advantage of the smaller gyms, the smaller studios, you know, the appointment only places. They're not as intimidating um, for someone who's new to the gym. So. Yes. Um, but Carlos, tell us about, you know, how you came to be part of um, the gym. So, yeah, it's like, what are we told? 15 months ago, actually, um, somebody sent me an Instagram post saying Banger Built's looking for trainers, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, Banger Built, the name sounds scary. Like, <laughs> you know, like, oh, I don't know. Like, I'm barely getting started in this career. Like, how can I do, these guys have been here for a long time. Like, how am I going to perform uh, next to people who have been doing this, right? Mm -hmm. So I said, whatever, let me reach out to them. Got a hold of um, Shane. They called me in for an interview. And it was the funniest interview I've ever had, like, just asking me these crazy questions, like completely being myself. And then I walk out the door and they call me like, Hey, like, we really like you. I think you'll fit in. And now months down the road, shh, I'm about to take over them. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But yeah, it's, yeah. He, he, he forgot I had to put him through a leg workout before the interview. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. Um, but yeah, it was, it was pretty much, I was scared, you know? And what a lot of people told me is if you're not scared to start something new, it's probably not, where you should be going, right? Yeah. And I was like, you're right. And now 15 months later, um, business is going good. They helped me so much. And it's like I said, we're a family right here. Awesome, I love that. Describe like your role to me. So what do you do day to day um, for the gym? Um, for the gym specifically, I just help my clients out. Um, we all have our own part, like in cleaning and managing and signing people up, showing them the gym. Um, but for the most part, I just take care of my clients um, and then like sales, right? Like I'll sell the gym to them and myself. So like if I were to go anywhere else, I'm still just selling myself, but I want to sell them here. So even if I got to go somewhere or they don't like me, they're going to stay in this facility, you know, that's the yeah. biggest thing. Yeah, I think that's really important. Um, so going back to, you know, the gym itself, how many members um, do you guys have now? Total, like everybody? Um, it's a revolving door, you know, that's how gyms are. I want to say about maybe 200, a little bit more, maybe, if we right. count everybody's uh, clients. Yeah. Because our trainers are... Um, we have three other trainers. Yes. There are three other of us, yes. others here. Yes, so, so there's six trainers in total. Mm -hmm. So okay. the, way, uh, the way we uh, run our gym is every all of our trainers are independent contractors. Okay. And they all uh, train under this roof. Mm -hmm. So um, they all have their own, um, you know, uh, tax number or ID number for that. And um, they take care of their clientele. 
we just allow them to use our building, our equipment and stuff like that. And then they pay a monthly booth rent. Gotcha. So they all are basically running their own business underneath our roof. Mm -hmm. And that's what we try to get them to do. We try to get them to hustle, try to get them to, you know, stack their money. You know, the more they hustle, the more they want to work, the more money, you know, they're gonna be able to put in their pocket. But we also put a cap on it as well too, if that makes sense. Not a cap on the money that they can make or, you know, to further their business, but we want to make sure that the quality is there. So we don't want people just stacking a bunch of people, uh, you know, in the small group trainings that we do, we, we cap that out, you know, like six clients per uh, group. Yeah, just like the saying, quality over quantity. Yeah. I'm gonna give you quality training rather than just bring as many people as I can, pack in the gym and now short on equipment, short on time. Um, that's what we really go after here is just quality. Yeah. Totally. And then, so going back to your your members or, you know, how you get clients in, um, does each trainer do their own marketing? Do you do marketing as a gym? Um, tell me how that works. We do both, I'd say. Yeah, every trainer should market themselves. Yes. Um, obviously, if somebody's reaching out to our Banger Build page, that's for everyone. You know, we're going to send in any direction that they're looking for and how we all have our own niches. Um, somebody will tend to lean towards one side or one image or like certain times that people like to fit into. Um, it's like if uh, we get a message on the our page saying, I am looking for this particular uh, type of training, we do know who to send the person to because like we, Shane said before, we all kind of have a little bit of a different, we do a little bit of different type of training so if someone says you know i want to do competitions of course i don't do competitions we have shane so and, Brandy. Straight to him. and yeah so we do we know where to send them gotcha. so we, yeah so we also provide the trainers with the clientele gotcha okay so how do you market you know the gym as a whole um to to new clients you mentioned like uh, or your page but what avenues have you tried for marketing so we're on Google, Yelp, um, word of mouth, Instagram, all the social medias. Um, and we do a lot of events too. So we'll, we'll host like clothing drives. Um, we'll do boot camps every weekend. We'll do fundraisers, um, anything to really get our name out to the community to make ourselves seem like we really want to help everyone. We're not just here like a regular gym on the corner, you know, like we're really here for the yeah. community. We did the toy drive this past Christmas. How much did we raise for that? We raised $1,500 in seven days. Wow. So our clients are very, very giving as well. So every time we do raise money for anything, they're always willing to help. So yeah, we raised toys for kids. Um, backpacks for back to school. We backpacks for back to school. So we try to do something for our community every, every so often. Yeah, that's awesome. That builds community within the gym for sure. That's super cool. Um, so Shane and Sandra, over the years, what's been like the best marketing tool that you've used? You know, as far as like word of mouth, social media, Google, Yelp, what's been the most beneficial? Word of mouth and uh, social media are So what, what I try to tell people and I tell my clientele, like, um, so we mainly get a lot of our stuff off of Instagram. As in, like, uh, that's the uh, main source of social media that we notice works best for us. But also, you know, we have the merchandise and stuff like that. And, you know, when our clients are walking around, I always say, like, you guys are walking billboards for us. 
You know what I mean? Um, people see you guys getting in shape, a healthier lifestyle, this and that. And then, you know, cause I feel like that's always, that personal reference is always going to be better than you seeing the Instagram ad or yeah. any sort of ad. Cause think about it, how many times you see ads on stuff and you're just sliding through. Yeah. You know what I mean? But if you got your buddy that tells you, Hey, you know, check out this trainer, you know, Carlos, he, you know, he really worked with me on form. He got my eating right. He's actually teaching me, not just telling me what to do. Anyone I think is going to, you know, listen to their friend or someone they trust a yeah. lot more than. Word of mouth has, has been really big. Yeah. In the year that I've been here, I've had so many people just contact me like, oh, this person sent me, this person sent me like, wow, like either I'm really good or you're really nice. <laughs> <laughs> or both. Yeah, or both. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. I love word of mouth for that reason. You know, the, the lead that's coming in already has a positive opinion. They already trust you because their friend or their family trusts you. I think the only um, advantage that maybe like a digital ad would have is that you're really in control of when you decide to turn up the knob as far as how many people are coming in and turn down the knob as far as how many people are coming in. Whereas word of mouth, you're kind of you know relying on others to get the word out there. Um, have right. you used um, digital advertising? Or have you just done like organic posts um, through social media? We, we've done a little bit of both, mostly organic posts, um, you know, posts that we put up and stuff like that. We have ran some ads um, and I've, the ads that I've noticed that I've done and maybe I just picked the wrong posts on them, but I felt like they, they weren't as good as the organic ones or, you know. Um, well, I think lately too, over the last year, um, ads on Instagram and social medias have grown so much that it pops up almost every other post or every other like scroll on any um, browser you're using, right? Mm -hmm. And in previous years, I feel like that wasn't so big or maybe I was just oblivious to it. And I think um, as we move into 2023 and we transition to another building, that's going to be one of our biggest focuses. Yep. Yeah, I think there's a definitely a skill and a learning process to the whole ad side of things. You know, I think all three of you, I was to a fitness professional first. And so when you get into like the business side, it's like, okay, now I have this whole other career and skill set that I have to learn on top of, you know, the fitness, the business side. So I think it's definitely, definitely a skill to, you know, take the time to learn like the analytics that are constantly changing. So yeah, it's, it's not hard. as easy as you think sometimes. No, yeah, it's time consuming, it's a little difficult, <laughs> but yeah, it definitely, think it has completely different mindset you sort of got to get into yeah you know, i mean you got to be worried about you know especially for me and sandra uh we have to worry about others you know what i mean like we want to make sure our trainers are taken care of we want to make sure that you know they're representing us in the right way um you know before it was just i worried about just me and my clients you know what i mean but when we got into here it's whole different mindset it's it was a lot more than I thought it was going to be, you know what I mean? Like I, I said before, it's a lot of it was, you know, learning as we went and, you know, making the mistakes, but learning from it so they didn't happen again. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think there's like a saying like fail fast <laughs> and that yes. way get, get that all out of your system and then you'll learn so much more from it. Fail, fail fast. What is it? Get up faster or something? I don't know. What's the saying? You know what it is? No, all, all I've heard is like fail fast. Like people tell me that all the time, you know, just like There's fail fast. Part to it. I don't know. Yeah, I'll have to look it up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'll have to look it up. But the message is, you know, fail because you're going to learn way more from failing than if everything was just easy. So I think that's, that's good advice there. Um, but tell me about your goals for the future. So now, Carlos, you mentioned moving into a bigger space. 
Um, what are your plans for that? And, and what else do you see for the gym in the future? Um, expand training, open up more avenues, different types of revenue. Um, and it's never about the numbers, but it's always about the quality of who's coming in, you know? So if we have quality clientele and quality people using our gym, it's just going to grow and grow and grow. Hopefully, right. That's always the, that's always the goal. Um, yeah. And that's coming up this time, right? Sometime this year. Yeah, we yeah. have to do it. Yeah, um, we, we've hit a point in this facility uh, where, you know, I always have a big thing. Like I, the gym that we're at before, it seemed like everyone was just on top of each other. And you're having to, you know, weave yourself in and out. And I don't like that at all. I, don't, I want our clientele to feel comfortable, not feeling like they're being smashed in. And So we basically outgrew this space and we need a bigger space. Yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's a problem to have. Yeah, but this, yes. Yeah, at this and time, just trying to find a building yeah. that you know is gonna. So our goal for the next building, I mean, we already do have, uh, we do have supplements, apparel, and now uh, meal preps. Uh, so that's basically to do. Go try, ahead. Make it... to, uh, oh, go ahead. No, go oh, ahead I was saying we're we're trying to make Bangerville into a one-stop shop. Yes. Um, you know, what I've noticed with clientele is convenience. Mm -hmm. The more convenient you have for them, you know, the better they're going to like it. If you think about it, like, look at Amazon. Look how much Amazon has just blown up because how easy is it to just sit on your phone, sit on a computer and, you know, okay, I need this, this, and this. Two days is at your house. Dude, did that same day now. Yeah. That <laughs> An hour later. So, know, you know, uh, we, we like to have it so when they come, come into Bangerville, you know, I mean, they come in, get a workout in, they could grab their um, post-workout shake, you know, if they know they're going to be on the run all day, then, you know, they could grab a couple of the meal preps. If they get cold, we got sweaters. <laughs> yeah. too much, we got extra shirts. <laughs> yeah. Um, try, to, try to, you know, just uh, help them out as much as we can. Yeah, I think that's smart because if you think about it, you know, these people are going to buy these things, whether they spend that money with you or they go somewhere else for it so you know putting it in house keeping it there you know you're only increasing your ascension your profit levers at that point so i think that's really smart to kind of keep it all in-house as much as possible but um so what are your other goals so once you move into that bigger space you know you'll have room for more people um are you planning to market differently now that you have you know more space or what's that going to look like yes um definitely i think we're at the you know step up our marketing game um the thing that's cool about being a trainer and stuff you know you you make these uh, relationships with your clients. You start figuring out what they do and this and that. And, you know, for instance, we have, uh, you know, a couple couple clientele that, you know, help out with marketing with businesses and stuff like that. So definitely just sitting down with them, picking their brain and figuring out, you know, what the next step, what are we lacking on? You know what I mean? And Which I feel, is marketing. Yeah. <laughs> Which is marketing. And yeah. it's funny that you're asking these questions because we've talked about it before in bringing somebody in to run the Instagram or somebody – just to really get it going, mm -hmm. get us going, I would say, in a better direction. I know we're moving, but I feel like we could definitely move way more efficiently. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, there's not a ton of competition, and it's not about that either. We're competing against ourselves, right? We're always going to try and make ourselves better regardless. And so, um, I mean, is a big thing yeah, us. Visalia is not, uh, it's a small city, small, big city. And there is literally a gym in every corner. Yeah. But you know, every uh, there is uh, people and clientele for everybody. I think. So um, our goal is just 
to do that, to make sure they come in, they get the best experience. And then like they said, come in, it's a one-stop place. That way you don't really mm -hmm. have to go anywhere. Yeah. At least for, for like, you know, your exercise or physical. But definitely with the new facility, I mean, we want to expand in a way that, you know, no other personal, personal training facility is doing. Like, um, for instance, we have uh, plans to like have a recovery room, you know, where clients could go in and hit a nice bath or like a sauna or use the massage guns, have something like that. We want to util utilize every square inch of the building. And I, I think promoting that will draw a lot more people in too, because there's not a lot of that here. And I don't hear a lot of that anywhere else either. Where it's like, I can go to my gym, I can work out, I can get an ice bath, I can grab my protein, and I can take a meal I think, all before 10 a.m. Then I go to work, then I gotta go home. So the only places that you see that are commercial gyms, not like private small gyms. Even then now, yeah, so, no, no commercial gyms have that. Yeah, so we wanna do- Out here at least. Yeah. You said you're from Texas? Yeah, I'm in Austin. Yeah, there's big gyms out there. Yeah, but the difference is I think it'd be cool to put like the sauna, especially the ice bath. So those are so popular now and you can't really go to a gym for it. You have to go to like a cryo place or somewhere exactly. that specializes in ice bath. So I think it would be cool to have that in-house um, as another, again, profit lever, something you can offer that's different, that sets you apart. So I think that would be really cool. Yeah. Yes. Lots of good ideas on this team, I can tell. <laughs> awesome. It's all so, trying to fit it together though. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Guys, tell me what you would give as a piece of advice to someone who wants to open their own gym. So like I mentioned before, a lot of our listeners are prospective gym owners. So I want to hear from Sandra and Shane. Tell me what you would tell someone who wants to go out and open their own gym. And then Carlos, your perspective, um, we'll get to next about, you know, being a manager. I, this is for me yeah. too. <laughs> I say the more you think about it, the more I think you shouldn't think about it. If you really um, been thinking about doing this, you should just go for it because that's what we did. We were sitting there in my living room one day and they said, let's do it. So that's what we did. 10 days, we got this open. We, if we would have sat longer and talked about it and really, we would have got scared mm -hmm. because of all the money, everything that we had to put into it and did. We really didn't think about it. We just went for it. And I think that's why we got to where we're at. Yes. We just said, let's do it. Because the more you think about it, the more you're either going to be like, no, you know what? It's not going to work because of this. Or you tell other people and they're like, you know, don't do it, don't do it because of whatever. I think, don't think about it, just go for it. Yeah. And if you, if it's been behind the back of your mind, just do it. <laughs> As if my, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, and definitely going off of that, like, you gotta make that jump. You gotta, you know, of course it's scary and this and that, cause you know, I mean, you're, so it, it is a lot of money at first. And, you know, do, do a little bit of research but don't think on it too long because then you get, you know, you get, you get scared, you know, you start questioning yourself and this, that you should know your abilities and you know, should know like what you're giving to, you know, your community and your clientele. So um, if you believe in yourself and you think you could do it, honestly, make that jump and do it, but also be ready to, you know, a lot of people that want to start even not even just gyms, just their own business. It's not a, uh, you know, that, nine to five job or whatever like that. You got to realize you're going to put in the work. You're going to have to do, do the extra, do the stuff that, you know, what a lot of people complain about. So, I mean, there's days that, you know, we're trainers, we're janitors, we're business owners, 
we're, you know, learning to fix equipment. We're, you know, you, you got to do a lot of hands-on stuff that people are afraid of doing nowadays. You know, I feel like, uh, you know, work ethic has really gone out the window with a lot of people and, you know, um, everything, a lot of people think that things should be given and I don't believe that at all. I believe you have to work for everything, no matter what it is. Um, and I've always preached hard work. It doesn't matter if it's in the gym, in your life, you know, on your marriage, on everything. It's, you have to work for it. Um, you know what I mean? Nothing comes easy. And so getting back to the gym though, if you want to jump and, you know, create yourself, you just got to jump. You got to believe in yourself. Yeah, I think it, owning your own business is definitely like the biggest test to your work ethic. Cause if you don't work, like there is no business. Like you really don't have a choice. You either, you know, go out and on it, you know, do the work or it just doesn't get done. So that's like the ultimate test is like opening business. Yeah. Um, but Carlos, give us your perspective on, you know, being a manager. What would you give to as a piece of advice to someone who's running a gym, managing a gym um, and training, going out and finding their own clients? So to me, business is business, right? Obviously, we're going to have relationships with those who you're close to and those who you work with. But if they're bringing business down or business isn't excelling the way you need to, I, as a manager or as an owner, right, you want to do the most you can to progress either year by year or um, milestone after milestone, right? We're going to keep progressing. And if something's holding me back, whether it be myself, somebody or something, we got to find a way around it um, and just get point A to point B, you know? Um, yeah, that's it to me, really. Pretty yeah, simple. I, I know it. maybe it seems like kind of cold-hearted, like, damn, like you would just cut them off or you would do this. Like, it's business, man. Like, I'm sorry, but we got to go. We got to move. I'm trying to do things. Business and your livelihood. And my livelihood. You know, like, I'm trying to do things. I can't be here all day doing this because you're lagging or because you're not following the part that you should have done. Um, and then, like, a business plan, you know, same thing. If we're not hitting A, B, C, I'm going to do it myself and we're going to go. I think as long as you're moving forward, you're in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a little rough. <laughs> yeah, you have to make tough decisions that are best for the business. So I totally understand. That's why he's our manager, because he's a little blunt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, guys, thank you so much for everything you've contributed on the show today. Um, before we sign out, tell us where can we find you? What is your Instagram handle, your Facebook, you know? website, whatever you want to share with us. Follow us on Instagram. Um, we are Banger Bill. Is at Banger Bill. At Banger Bill. There's nothing else, right? Let me see. I don't even know exactly. <laughs> uh, Facebook is uh, Banger Bill. Banger underscore Bill. Yes. That's who we are. Visalia, California, 93292. That's us. If you're ever in the valley or near um, Sequoia National Park, we're right off the freeway. Stop right. here. Get your workout in. Get your drinks in. Get your foods in just come say hi yes awesome well thank you guys again for being on the show if you're ever you know near the valley in california visit sandra shane and carlos check out banger bill um but again thank you guys so much for being on the show thank you for having us thank you of course to all the listeners out there we appreciate you guys as well don't forget if you want to be notified about future episodes hit like and subscribe if you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model click the link in the description and we'll be in touch soon and as always, until next time, Jim Lawrence out.
Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.